0: You know, you know, you all know exactly who I am. Exactly. Exactly. Say my name. Say my name. You what? I don't have a damn clue I am. i the cook. Hey, yo, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. Fan in the van podcast time. I uh, didn't think I'd be doing three episodes this week, but man, oh man. <laughs> This NFL offseason keeps taking a, one turn after the other. Gosh, uh, you know you figured you had Brady retire, then unretire, right? And we discussed that at length a little bit, but then the Chiefs do the, the, you know, the unthinkable. Never did you think Tariq Hill would ever leave Kansas City, and. Then you get everybody who follows sports and has any sort of sports media app on their phone gets the notification, you know, that the Chiefs grant Tariq Hill permission to seek a trade, and it comes down to the Jets and the Dolphins. All right. Jets have a little more upside in this situation because they have, you know, they have some prime picks that they could have given up one of them, and I think one of them was part of the deal, but ultimately he decides to go to Miami. Mainly because he trains there, he has a house there, and you know, I guess he felt that he, you know, you know that you know that the Jets just wasn't the destination for him. Yeah, well, whatever, uh, you know. But the Chiefs make out kind of, you know, because they, you know, they get some picks. They're not really the the best picks in the world. I mean, because in essence, you have a twenty ninth pick now in the first round. Uh, you get the second rounder this year. I did get the fourth round this year, and then in 2023, you get a fourth and a sixth uh, to complete the trade. And then Tariq Hill gets a brand new deal. See, this is part of the situation. This is what this is what I can't stand when these teams decide to go out and spend the way they do, and then you ask these guys to restructure contracts. I think they fail to understand it's not that we're taking money away from you. We're just consolidating your money in a different way to where it doesn't affect the cap. But you're still going to get your bonus. You're still going to get this. You're still going to get that. And they'd asked Tariq Hill, I think, last season if he was willing to restructure. And he said no. And again, we all get that. Well, most of us get that this is a business. But sometimes you got to do what's best for business. Look at guys like Tom Brady. As much as we can't stand the guy, for years took less money, restructured his deal. Look at guys like Cam Hayward who restructures his deal. Um, And you got to think about it like this. Is this why nobody wants to play in Green Bay? (laughs) Because a lot of people are giving Aaron Rodgers a lot of shit. Because Aaron Rodgers took a three-year a hundred and fifty plus million dollar deal. Now according to him, he knew Devontae Adams wouldn't play under the franchise tag. Well if you knew this, okay, if you knew this, if you were a team guy and you're all about getting Green Bay, another Super Bowl before you hang up the cleats, wouldn't you said, listen, I'm willing to take less money so that we could keep guys like Devontae Adams who winds up getting Traded over to Friggin, over to Vegas. Then in free agency, you lose uh, Marquez, Scatling, Valdez to the Chiefs. You know, who's Aaron Rodgers throwing to? And this is the impact that it has on certain teams when these players decide to either A, not restructure, okay? Or they decide, you know what, well, I know this guy ain't going to play under their franchise tag, so you know what, I'm just going to take my money. Again, it, it is a business, but again, it's a team sport. And Aaron Rodgers has been sitting there for years saying, well, Green Bay doesn't get me weapons, Green Bay doesn't get me weapons, Green Bay doesn't do this, Green Bay doesn't do that. Okay, well, guess what? You self-made certain weapons there, like scatling Valdez. Devontae Adams is who Devontae Adams is, not only because of Devontae Adams, but because of Aaron Rodgers, okay? Now, because you've lost Adams, you lost Valdez, and God knows what else you're going to lose in this process, why would Aaron Rodgers still want to be in Green Bay? Well, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, has kind of created the situation himself by taking so much money that literally Green Bay can't do nothing who, who who can you go after now you're gonna have to build this you're gonna have to build this offense now through the draft, and we've all seen what Green Bay has never done since like oh two oh three i believe it is where they've never drafted other than jordan love which was which was a horrible pick okay they've never drafted a wide receiver. Or a tight end since. So what's Green Bay going to do? We don't know. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers really cares as long as he got his money at the end of the day. You know, and that's why a lot of people, honestly, I think that's why Adams and wanted out. He's like, well, you know what? If you're going to take the money, then I'm just going to ask for a trade. I'm going to get my money elsewhere. Okay. Don't blame the guy for that. Scambling figures. Hey, you took your money. I got to go get mine. Because I ain't going to get it here in Green Bay. But, you know. But then you also had Deshaun Watson again. He got this notification yesterday. Because, yeah, this is still going to go on. And this is going to be the talk for quite a while. That he was going to possibly face a second grand jury. And then like an hour or two later, they decided, yeah, no, we're not going to go that route. But I got a chance to look at his contract. And even if he is suspended for the year of 2022, he's only making a million dollar base salary. So Cleveland, in essence, did everything they could to protect somebody with all these accusations. And again, we don't know whether he did it or didn't do it. Again, innocent until proven guilty. But I guess now we'll never know. And if the NFL doesn't do anything about it and they claim they're monitoring this closely, And seeing where it goes, okay? But, like I said, like I said Wednesday, if they don't hand him some sort of punishment, because again, the NFL has a a personal conduct thing in there, and a lot of people have been suspended just for that alone, for violating the personal conducts within the NFL. So, even though the law and the justice system isn't going to go after him. Roger Goodell and the NFL Rules Committee and this one and this one, whoever, whatever, they could all go after him. And honestly, I think a year suspension isn't enough. And if you're a Browns fan and you, and you hear this, you're probably like, that actually is for Deshaun Watson because let's be real in this situation. you in Cleveland has literally Cleveland themselves so bad. That you have a fan base divided. You have a fan base that loves this, that they brought in Watson and got rid of Baker. And you have a fan base that all of a sudden would bash Baker, but all of a sudden, because Watson's here, and because of those accusations, now it's, well, I can't be a fan of Cleveland no more, and I can't this and I can't that. And speaking of Baker, Cleveland, you're not getting a first-round draft pick. Again, this is Cleveland. Always Cleveland. They always Cleveland will always Cleveland in this situation. You really think because you wasted a first pick on somebody who is overhyped, okay? And overhyped himself, and overhyped this organization because we could go back to when he came out and said Cleveland's gonna be a Super Bowl team and Cleveland this and Cleveland that. Yo, yeah, well, Cleveland, you still haven't been shit. You've always been. You've always been the little redhead stepchild that nobody wants to talk to. Nobody wants to be involved with. You just get shoved in a corner and it's like, yeah, 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 just go stand over there. You know, while the grownups are friggin' talking, such as Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. Because like, to be real, Cincinnati's got more upside than, than, than Cleveland does. Baltimore is going to be in a bounce back year. And Pittsburgh's in a state of what's going to happen. And speaking of that, if Baker does get released, and, and now I'm reading more and more, the Steelers will pounce on him. <sighs> I, I I can't because of all, and a lot of it is, and people have asked me, why wouldn't you want Baker? He's not a bad quarterback. I'll give you this. He's not a bad quarterback. He did make Cleveland relevant to a degree, but I don't need a quarterback who believes in his own hype. It's overhype. I don't need that. I don't want a quarterback who doesn't know how to utilize the weapons he has. So for four-plus years, we've seen we've seen this movie play out. We know what Baker Mayfield is. And it's just an upgraded version of Johnny Manziel. That's all it is. That's all it is. And why would I rather Duck Hodges back? If we're going to bring in a guy... It's going to be subpar at best, and this is no knock on the duck, but I'd rather duck Hodges back if we didn't go get Trubitsky. I'd rather start the season with Delvin duck fucking Hodges. That's what I'd rather start the season with, if you really want me to be real about it. You know, it's... You know, everybody's sitting there, oh, it's going to be... You know, you know, it's going to be Mayberg. And, and listen, there's Steelers fans that want, that want Baker because he does have an upside. And I'll give Baker that. He is an established starting quarterback in the league. He could help Pittsburgh in a way, as far as he knows Cleveland's system, that he could bring some of that over. But it's everything else as to why I don't want any part of Baker. And the fact that we've all bashed Baker, how are we gonna sit there and turn around now and sit there and be like, oh Baker's a stealer now? It, it, that would be part of the hypocrisy that I can't be a part of. You know, again, I would if we if if in a in a world of fantasy, if Baker came to Pittsburgh and we won a Super Bowl at Baker Mayfield, I'd be excited for the Super Bowl. I'd be unhappy with who the quarterback was. I wouldn't sit there and be like, Baker was the end-all, be-all that got us here. No. No. I honestly rather them not go after Baker Mayfield. Okay? I rather them stick it out with Trubisky for the two years. You either trade up to the 12th spot to get Kenny Pickett, or you trade up to the 7th spot before Seattle, Okay, because Seattle is the ninth pick. And you trade with the Giants to try to get Malik Willis. I'd rather them trade away part of their draft capital for the next two years than ever see Baker Mayfield wear black and gold. Okay, I'd rather Mason Rudolph, yeah, Mason Rudolph, I'd rather him be the starter than them ever bring in Baker Mayfield. Okay, Baker can go anywhere else he wants. Okay, But if Cleveland really thinks they're getting a first-round draft pick for a fourth-round-style quarterback, Cleveland, I don't know what strain of, of chronic you're smoking, but it's really making you people delusional in that organization. And you've been delusional for some time. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. Every single year, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're the team that beat in the AFC North. Where have you placed? third, third third fourth yeah so if uh, you know that's not backing up you that's not backing up your talk at all so why would i want a quarterback like that um but to delve off the NFL for a bit cuz you know obviously we have we have spring training and the regular season starts in 2 weeks And there was something that Hal Steinbrenner came out and said about a week or two ago that he's not in a spending competition with the Mets. And they have a team built to win a World Series now. And those of you that know me, that know I'm a a huge Yankee fan, well, buckle your seats because it's going to get real with what I'm about to say and and it's really and it's and it's had to come to this to be said this team is not built to win now. It's not built to win now. They have pieces in place, but they don't have the pitching to do it. If you mean to tell me you're relying on Garrett Cole, a questionable Luis Severino only because he's been so injury prone the past 2-3 years. Okay. And you're telling me that we're going to bank on Luis Gil who's still unproven, we're going to rely on Jordan Montgomery, a spot starter at, at, at you know, every fifth day, and a questionable bullpen at best, but well, you didn't even address any of this in the free agent period. And the free agency period before and post-lockout told you all you needed to know what the Yankees weren't going to do. That again, they were going to tell us what you wanted to hear, have us all wake up, all excited, like we just lost our virginities for the first time again. Okay? And for the big letdown. Because they came out and they said they're not, In essence, what Hal Steinbrenner is telling you is that the George Steinbrenner way of business died with George Steinbrenner. This is what it's telling you. That he's not going to spend like Steve Cohen. In essence, the ghost of George Steinbrenner Hopped out of its grave and went into Steve Cohen. Because Steve Cohen is making moves like George Steinbrenner did in the past. And Hal Steinbrenner is acting like the coupons now. Somewhere in the the baseball universe, something happened and all of a sudden it's the Yankees aren't the same Yankees they once were. They're afraid to spend. They're afraid to make that big move because of a luxury tax. You are the most profitable team in practically all of sports. That every year when they do the sports Forbes most valuable uh, sports teams of that year, the Yankees are always in the top five. And there's a reason for that. But what Hal's telling you is, We're not going to make the moves you think we're going to make. They were so afraid to go over the luxury tax for Carlos Correa, a piece you needed. You let Trevor Story go to Boston. Did you even make Trevor Story an offer? Nobody knows. The the Yankees offered Correa, I think, uh, an extra year, but it was less money. And the Twins offered him one year less and more money. Well, where are you going to go? And Correa can opt out after every friggin' year. So, in essence, Correa kind of got the deal he wanted. Maybe he wanted that with the Yankees, and the Yankees said, no, we'll let you opt out after the second year. But, with, again, what Steinbrenner's telling you here is they're not going to do things the way we're used to them being done. So when you see the big name out there, or you see this guy's out to be traded, like, let's say, let's say in two years from now, Let's say Fernando Tatis wants out of San Diego. And we're probably still going to need a shortstop by then. Okay? And you could, give, you could give me all this. Anthony Volpe's the top prospect. Well, let me tell you something. Anthony Volpe better be the goddamn end-all, be-all. And he better be the next Derek Jeter. For them not to go after. As much as I can't stand a player from Houston, but Carlos Correa is a talented shortstop. So you mean to tell me you were afraid to to give him a little extra money because of a luxury tax that you could so be able to afford because you are the New York goddamn Yankees. You've literally gone from the evil empire to the baby back bitch. Because Hal Steinbrenner sits in the corner during a thunderstorm... All right? And he's like, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do this. Uh, No, 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 I'm afraid to spend this money. And where's Cashman in all this? Where's Cashman? Because Brian Cashman needs to be held accountable too. Because Brian Cashman needs to come out and sit there. And he needs to smack some sense in the howl. And listen to the, listen to your fan base. Okay? The fan base is telling you this team is not a World Series team. This is, yet again, a team built for one and done. And Mets fans that have listened to this, and I know Mets fans, like my buddy Rob, for being a, a depressed Jets fan, you know, even though he's a bit happier lately because of the moves they've been making, but he's a Mets fan, and my buddy Sal's a Mets fan, so I have to give the Mets credit, I have to give the Mets credit here. The the Mets ownership and Steve Cohen listened to its fan base, and went out and made the moves the Yankees should have made. Max Scherzer should have been on the Yankees. Instead, he's in Queens. Starling Marte should have been a Yankee. He's in Queens. And here's the difference why. One had the one had the balls to spend and open the checkbook and not care about the luxury tax. And the other one was afraid to do a damn thing. Now does this mean the Mets will be the talk of New York for the next decade? If if they could take the team on paper and transform that to the field and dominate the NLEs for the next decade and win three, three World Series, yeah, they become the talk of New York. Right now, the only reason why they're the talk of New York in a positive light is because of what they've done so far and what they put on paper. What's going to be on the field? Now, granted, again, injuries could decimate that whole start, that whole starting rotation. DeGrom could go down. Max Scherzer could go down. You know, every, Chris Bassett could get hurt. Uh, Pete Alonso could tear his labrum and be out the whole year. Starling Marte could be questionable at best. You don't know until they actually get on the field. But. This is where, and I never thought that this would happen because I always thought, you know, Hal and and even before Hank's passing, and this is where I think things would be different. I think if Hank was still here, they'd be spending like drunken sailors. I'm not saying go out and give every single guy a 10-year, $400 million contract and let's friggin' blow the luxury tax through the roof. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is get the pieces you need. Get the pieces you need to win now. Because winning a World Series every 10 years isn't what Yankee fans are accustomed to. See, we got spoiled in the 90s for for my generation of Yankees fans. We got spoiled with that. With constant World Series appearances and then winning them. We got spoiled with that. We got spoiled with them going out and getting... These marquee names for years. Okay. The Yankee fan base. Since the days of Babe Ruth. We've always been spoiled. Because the Yankees have always had this winning tradition. That right now what I'm seeing. I don't know what this is. I have no idea what this is. This is something we've never seen. Where they're afraid to spend. Where they're gonna, I understand, we're eventually gonna have to rely on pieces in the farm system. I understand that. But there's guys that you've already done that with that you've wasted them. And Debbie Garcia is one of them. And if you mean to tell me that you're, you're counting on Debbie Garcia to be that lights-out kid he was in single-A that got him to move up to double-A in like two weeks, and then he blew everybody away in double-A, so now all of a sudden in three weeks he's in triple-A and all of a sudden before he was on the roster, and here we go, debut, yeah, he looks great in his first game, and after that he looked like utter trash, okay? If, if, if this is what we're relying on, we're not winning the World Series for the next 20 years. I understand that they want to try to lock up Aaron Judge long term. That's fine. That's fine. But you mean to tell me when you made this deal with Minnesota, you were afraid to spend money on Carlos Correa, but you were willing to pay the rest of Josh Donaldson's contract. 36-year-old guy coming off an injury. Where does that make sense in in this trade? And then you traded and in part of that trade you traded a catcher away to get a catcher who might not be able to play opening day that now you're going to have to go outside the box and now you're in talks with the Cubs to get Wilson Contreras The, the Yankee brass right now is running this this organization the way the will Ponds ran the Mets for years ass backwards. And it's not looking so good. And nobody understood this whole twin trade. Like, why would you trade a younger third baseman who could play shortstop in Gio Urshela? And again, Gio Urshela is not a household name, I understand. And he's not the, you know, he's not the sexiest name on the list. But goddamn, the kid can hit, the kid can field. And you traded that away for a 36-year-old broken-down third baseman who, yeah, still has a little pop in the bat. But let's be real. What's going to happen in two weeks' time, opening day? Josh Donaldson dives for one up. He's got an oblique injury, and he's out for six weeks. Here's what's going to happen. You have a catcher who right now has a a, a straight one oblique strain. Is he going to be ready by opening day? Who's going to be the opening day catcher? Answer me that, Cashman. Riddle me that, Steinbrenner. Huh? Who? Who? I'm dying to know. I'm dying to know. Who's the ace after Garrett Cole? You're telling me it's Severino? No. 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 It's not. It's not Sevy. Not yet it's not. Not until he could have two, three years of consistency and not being hurt and pitching to, let's say, a little over three ERA, anywhere from 175 to 200 strikeouts in a season, and goes, let's say, 15 and 5, let's say. Okay? Just hypothetical. He does that for two, three years. I'll say he's the ace behind Garrett Cole. Till then, we have to rely on one guy every fifth day to be dominant on the mound. Pathetic. Pathetic. What are you going to do? You're wait till the trade deadline? That's what you're going to do? So when we're chasing the last wild card spot yet again, while Tampa sits on top of the AL East and Toronto is above us and Boston's ahead of us? What, would it be sharing that last part with the friggin' Baltimore shit Orioles? It's going to be a bumpy ride. That's all I'm going to say, Yankees fans. It's going to be one hell of a friggin' bumpy ride. Because it, it, it can't be like this. The, the, the way that they're, the they're, they're running this organization, George has got to be spinning in his grave. That He wants to literally choke how? Because if Hank was here... Hank wouldn't be afraid to make the moves. Hank was built more like George. Hal is built more like a prissy little bitch. He's afraid. He's scared. He needs his little thunder buddy when there's a thunderstorm. Okay. And Hank isn't a Hank's. Da, Hank is exactly like George to the T. Hank would have been like, "Oh, Carlos Correa, you want uh, five years and uh, two hundred million? Yeah, yeah, go, kid, sign the contract." How it's like. Yeah, I'm sorry, but um, we can't do that. Because, you know, I'm afraid of this thing called the luxury tax. Who gives a shit? The Yankees bring in billions a year from merchandise, revenue, ticket sales, and partnerships they have with everybody else. Come on, give me a break. Give me a break. You would not even been over the luxury tax because you're under the freaking cap right now. I, I, I don't get it. But... As I get ready to start getting things ready for work. Um, hopefully me and Jay could do one Sunday. Um pretty much Sundays will me we actually did mock drafts, so we'll go over those. Um you know, but as always, I always want to thank those that always retweet and listen. You know, my buddy Rob who who listens and tries to catch up on all of them. Uh you know, fourteen twenty sports always retweeting, following, listening. Um, I'm sure you'll like my take on the Yankees, You'll probably have, you'll probably agree. Um, so I'll be waiting for that one. Uh, and everybody else that retweets and follows, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, so you know, till the next one, which hopefully will be Sunday. If not, I'll be back Monday. Um, so till the next one, stay safe, and as always. Peace.